how are we all doing so far? <laughs> Good. As we, as I've uh, said earlier, we'll be starting off our series on missions. And we're looking at all uh, of missional God, missional Jesus, missional church, missional task. And you might be wondering, what's this missional about? What is this word missional? And this word missional simply means a posture of being in a community, living in a community as God's children, reflecting His glory wherever we are, that people might see us and see Christ. Living missionally is just that. So this morning, we're going to look at missional God. And we read this passage that we looked at. We are looking at a missionary heart of God, God who seeks out to manifest His presence and reflects His glory in the world. This word, send, is being used over and over and over again in many ways in the Bible. There's a sense in which the whole life of a church and experience of a Christian is rooted ultimately in some kind of a sending. So this word sending is seen all over the uh, scriptures. This, this sending is founded in the authority and the action of God himself. What does it tell us, friends? It tells us that God is the one who instituted this aspect of sending. He sanctifies, he mandates the mission of the church. It is his initiative. And as a church, we partner with him in missions. So this morning we are going to look at uh, what it means to be a part of God's mission. What is God's mission? One of the famous passages in the Bible speaks of the mission of God. I was wondering, do you have the clicker here? Oh, thanks. So we have this famous scripture passage. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Most of us know this verse, isn't it? We all know this very famous verse in the Bible. But how many of us know the next verse? Yeah, good, good attempt. Yeah, yeah, good attempt. Okay, here we go. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Good job, those of you who attempted it. <laughs> so he did not send in this, uh, God did not send his son to condemn the world. What a blessing that is, friends. We are not condemned. But God sent his son into the world to save us through him. This is the missionary heart of God. Not to condemn us, but to save us. He loves us so much that he sacrificially sent his son to save us. Isaiah 66, verse 18 to 24 this particular passage we're looking at is tucked away at the end of the Old Testament prophetic book. Nowhere in the Old Testament do we see God's heart for mission more clearly in these verses. What's the context here in this, in this uh, chapter, the last chapter in Isaiah? 
Isaiah is talking about the Jews returning home from exile and rebuilding Jerusalem. And top of the agenda was rebuilding the temple. And as they rebuilt the, uh, the city, and as they rebuilt the temple, they are haunted by evil and unfaithfulness, by the very same things that sent them into captivity in the first place. So, they're not free as they return back. They're haunted. They're tempted by unfaithfulness to walk away from God, to turn their backs to God. So God, through Isaiah, in this very last chapter of the book, repeatedly tells us to lift our eyes to a greater restoration. And Isaiah is prophetically telling us of this greater restoration that is going to come. A, of a restoration of a time when evil and rebellion will be finally dealt with. A time when God's perfect king will come to rule his people. A time when God's faithful people from every nation, race, tongue are gathered together. A time when the heavenly perfect city of Jerusalem is established as God's home. He, Isaiah, is prophetically telling us of those times. He's telling us to lift our eyes and look at those times. By doing so, God reveals to us his missionary heart. So from this passage, we're going to look at three things. God's mission announced, God's mission in action, and God's mission accomplished. His mission announced in action, and how it's being accomplished in this passage. God's mission announced. How did he announce his mission? He says, and because of what they had planned and done, I'm about to come and gather people of all nations and languages, and they will come and see my glory. This is what he's announcing. This was God's intention. His mission is announced, and what an extraordinary mission this is, friends. He will gather people from all nations and all tongue and tribe. Why? To see his glory. To see God's glory. Now, this is not something new, what Isaiah was talking about. From the beginning, right back in Genesis chapter 15, God talks to Abraham. And he tells him about establishing his own people. He announces the intention that all people of the earth will be blessed through Abraham. Now, we know, friends, Abraham was a man, a, a nomadic a tribe that was wandering around in the desert, a god, a, a, a man who served other gods, a man who would come out of his tent and look at the sky and look at the moon and worship it. And one day God spoke to Abraham. Here we see God's initiative. God took the initiative. He intervened in the life of Abraham and he spoke to him. He said, leave your father and mother's household. Leave the land where you're living. Come, I will take you to the promised land. And God blessed Abraham as he obeyed God. And God told Abraham, God promised that through his descendants, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And friends, today, we see the families of the earth being blessed. This is the missionary heart of God. God makes his wonderful announcement in the midst of evil in this world. We know we live in a world 
verse full of evil. Where is God's announcement? What's happening? God responds in two ways in this evil world. There is judgment and there is grace that are working together even today. On one hand, we see God's judgment where the Lord is coming down in fire. In the same Isaiah, talks about in the same chapter when you go home. Look at this last chapter in Isaiah. He talks about God's judgment coming with fire and chariots like whirlwind. He will bring down his anger with fury and he will rebuke them with flames of fire. So we see the judgment of God coming on the evil. But again, on the other hand, we see his grace at work. Verse 18, not all will perish in this judgment, but he will gather a people from all nations and tongues and they will see his glory. I'm about to come and gather my people. This is what God says. I will come and gather my people. God's justice demands that the world is judged. God's love demands that he saves those who come to him. God's missionary heart longs to gather as many and gives grace to those who come to him. And friends, we as God's children have experienced the grace of God. We don't deserve it. Yet, God chose us to love us, to die for us. While we were still in sin, He loved us. That's the grace of God. Secondly, God's mission in action. I will set a sign among them, and I will send some of those to survive to nations. Look at the nations mentioned. This is Isaiah's time. Tarshish, the Libyans, the Lydians, to Tubal, the Greece, and distant islands who have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. And I will proclaim my glory among the nation. And they will bring all your people from all nations to my holy mountain in Jerusalem as an offering to God on horses, in chariots, in wagons, on mules and camels, says the Lord. And they will bring them as the Israelites bring the grain offering to the temple of the Lord in a ceremonially clean vessels. So we see, friends, here in this aspect, God has put his mission action into action in two ways. Look at the first verse. I will set a sign and I will send. Set a sign. What's the sign that he has set for us? Isaiah talks about it. The sign that refers is the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ himself is a sign. It's, as Isaiah prophesies in many places in his book, this is how God works through restoration. And if that's not enough, he sends his faithful few to the nations to do his work. And in this series, we're going to see, friends, different way, way our, 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 the Rivers Church is supporting people, people from around the world in doing God's work. And thanks, Joe, for sharing about what Tear Fund is doing across the world. Tremendous thing. And this is what God's task is. He will set a sign and he will send his people to the ends of the earth. And that's the missionary work of his people. And we're going to see from, uh, uh, from next Sunday how we as his people will respond to what God has done for us. Verses in, this, in these two verses, there are four things that we see. Our mission, our message, 
a means and a motive. In just these two verses, let's pick them up. A, a mission. He gives them a mission to go to the nations. So we find here, perhaps these people who return, have just returned back from exile. And they might have thought, wouldn't it be nice to put up our feet for a while? After all, we have just come back from exile. We have just come back from being scattered among the nations. So let's put our feet up and relax. Surely, this was it. But no, God tells them that they are to go out as ambassadors to the very ends of the earth. There's a list of people in that verse 19 where God is telling these people who have just come back from exile, who are rebuilding the temple. They're busy building Jerusalem, building the temple. And yet, God tells them, in the midst of your busyness, go to these nations. They are to go to the very ends of the earth, to the distant islands that have not heard or seen His glory. If we are God's people, do we really believe that God has given us a mandate for missions? Do we really believe that God is asking us to go? Well, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 says, Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Go! Yet so often, we are reluctant, aren't we? Church meetings are far more safer than mixing with the world. Bible is so much happier on a shelf at home than on a desk, place where I work. Friends, we have a huge advantage over the original missionaries. If we want to reach for the nations, as this passage tells us, I don't have to go far, do I? I don't have to go far. All we have to do is talk to our neighbor over our garden fence. Chat with our colleague over lunch. Invite migrants for our English conversational class. Here I go, another plug. Invite your Filipino friends for a karaoke night. We don't have to go far, friends. Just in our own neighborhood. Places where we work. And this is where God has, tell, uh, has asked us to go. So you see, friends, we are already at the ends of the earth in Bible terms, aren't we? God is bringing people from different nations to our doorstep. And what are we doing as a church? Isaiah's distant islands are just outside the door of our church. It's just outside the door of our homes. So what's the excuse? He gives us a message. God also gives people a mission and this message. What is his message? In the end of, in verse 19, they will proclaim my glory among the nations. Our message is about God's glory. We are to be witnesses of his glory among the nations. And friends, every time I look at the moon shining so brilliantly, the moon by itself has no light. 
right? It is the sun's light that radiates through the moon and we see it. And we as his children have no light of our own. But we radiate God's glory through us as his people. And friends, in our neighborhood, in our, in our workplace, we radiate that glory of God through us. So there's no excuse. Hebrews says Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. So we carry the glory. We radiate the glory in our own environment. There was a, there was a, 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 a mission, a message, and here's the means. Verse 20. He gives us a means to accomplish his works. Bring these people in by any means possible. Do whatever it takes to bring them to Jerusalem. And God has given them horses and chariots and wagons and mules and camels. They had to use them for God's glory. Bring people. And today, our means of bringing people is probably no longer would involve chariots and camels and mules and donkeys. But nonetheless, this point still stands. Do what it takes to bring people to God by whatever means He has given you. What means has God given you, friends, to bring people? What means has He given you? Maybe He has put you in an office surrounded by non-Christians. Maybe He has given you gifts and talents. Music, artistic, dramatic, ability to communicate. Use those gifts. He's blessed you with the house. Be a good host. I know a guy who invites non-Christian friends to see movies like Matrix. And then he leads a discussion on them with the light of the gospel. His friends think he's, he's nuts. But they keep coming back. I know a guy, his name is Russell, sitting right here in our midst. Lee's Boys Brigade. There are so many who are non-Christians in that group. Radiating God's glory. I know another group that meets here, right in this hall. Mums and bubs with Gretel. People again who come, who don't know the Lord. I know of another group where young people gather so desperately who needs to know Jesus on Friday evening as Emily leads them. Morton Bay, community group. There's several people who come. 110 to 115 people who come who don't know Jesus. How many of you knew, know Jonah and Dottie in our church? Very few. Make an attempt to get to know these amazing people. The stories they have as they go around in their day-to-day -day work sharing Christ's love. Talk to them, friends. Get to know our people in our own church. Get to know them. What it means, what God has given, whatever means it is to share Christ. However small it seems, let's be prepared to bring people in by whatever means He has given us. What's the motive? Isaiah encourages us to consider whom we bring to the Lord as an offering. Yes, we have to offer our own bodies as a living sacrifice to God. But we also offer those people who do not know Jesus, we bring them and offer them as, uh, as an offering to God. And this is what Isaiah is saying. This is the motive that we present people as an offering to God. 
what better way to honor God for his goodness than to bring, him, bring to him our friends, our relatives to him. So friends, we have looked at God's mission. We looked at his action, sending his son into the world. And we find God's mission accomplished. He announced his mission. He plans to gather his people from all nations. We see God in action. He sent his own son and he wants us to bring all people. And now in these verses, we find the mission being accomplished. As new heavens and earth, new earth, I will make an endurance before me, declares the Lord. So my name and descendants will endure. From one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. What a fantastic message we have. In a world full of pain, hate, and war, what better news do we have, friends? What better news do we have? A better world to come. People who don't know God predict doom and gloom. But we are people who know God. We predict a better future, a better world that's going to come. And in conclusion, we have looked at God's mission. The mission that he announced. The mission in action. That's our part and a mission that's accomplished. This is a picture of the future moment when God greets all his people who have been saved throughout the history of the world. Another man, just like Isaiah, who looked up and saw the heavens opened. In the New Testament was John. He looked up and he saw the heavens open. And he writes, he records this. And this is what he says in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. Look what he says. After this, I looked. And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne of God, throne of, uh, before, uh, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is a picture of what's going to happen. Can you see this picture, friends? Can you imagine it? Well, one day, when God comes back, this is what's going to happen. It'll be uncountable. People from everywhere, no people group, tribe, or nation is left out. This is God's ultimate plan and has been since the beginning will be for eternity. To save his people from every place on the earth. God initiates this mission and we partner to him. We partner with him. The question is, do you want to be a part of God's plan to reach the nations? Do you want to be a part of this great picture that we see, that, Isaiah, that, that John could see in Revelation? And we are part of it, friends. Shall we pray? Our Father God, as we look at this whole series of what is to be missional, as this morning we saw your heart, O oh God, 
is to send. And you sent your son sacrificially, paying a huge price for us. And Lord, we can stand here today and look at a better world. A day when you're going to come and gather people from every country, language, tribe, and people group will stand before you to worship you. And what a world that's going to be. And Father, this morning we have no excuse to keep quiet and contain it within ourselves. You have a mandate for us. And help us, O oh Lord God, as we go through the series, Sunday after Sunday, for six Sundays. And we know through all this journey that we are not alone, that you have sent us your Holy Spirit into this world right now to be with us, to be in us, to guide us, to lead us, to speak. Help us, we pray, Father. And as a church, we'll see the nations and kingdoms and people groups around us and bring them as an offering to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, friends.